0: Okay, well, we have been, actually two weeks ago, we started a series called The Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue that series today. And one of the main reasons, there's actually a couple um, that we really wanted to cover this, this series is, first of all, we want more of Him. We want to experience and encounter more of who He is and what He has for us. And uh, secondly, the reason we're singling the Holy Spirit out because he is a part of the Godhead—the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit—is because he's the most misunderstood of the three. And you know, actually, about a year ago, we did a, a series specific to Jesus. We've done a series on the Father, and right now, we just want to focus on um, learning more and getting to know more about Holy Spirit um, because he is an amazing God, and and so we want to we want to talk about. Him and, and learn about Him. And, and so the challenge two weeks ago was to take a blank page approach because many of us come in with preconceived ideas. of We hear the Holy Spirit. Some of us think weird. Some of us th- just don't understand. Maybe uh, we're very comfortable with Jesus and what He's done and we're comfortable with the Father and who He is. But some of us, it's a mystery when we think about um, the Holy Spirit. And so we want to talk about that. And, and really, when you take a blank page approach to a starting point to figure out something in the Bible, and you only look at the Bible, not what you've experienced, not what you've heard, not what people told you, but you only look at the Bible, there are some conclusions that you'll come to about the Holy Spirit. And so we are covering those conclusions um, straight out of the Bible, week by week, as we go through the series. But one of the key conclusions that you will come to is the Holy Spirit's main assignment is to make us more like Jesus. It's to reveal Jesus to us and and help us to become more like him. And so um, it's very exciting if you want to become more like Jesus, you know? Uh, And so I'm excited about him and his activity even here today. So about two weeks ago, I actually, the night before we started the series, I, I go to bed very early on Saturday nights, very typically, um, 10 o'clock, I mean, my, my goal is to be in bed by 10 o'clock, that's not the norm for me, so, but on Saturday nights when I'm uh, ministering the next morning, I go to bed early because I get up very early, I get up at 4 a.m. every Sunday morning, um, you know, just to prepare and spend time in the presence of the Lord and stuff, and, and so I was lying, lying my head down to sleep that night, and just thinking about a few things related to the message the next day, um, because, you know, I, I, I take it very seriously, you know, when we, talk, when we talk about the Holy Spirit and who He is, or anytime I stand in front of you, I take it seriously. I don't take it lightly at all. And so I was just pondering a few thoughts, and all of a sudden I heard two words, out of the blue. I wasn't thinking on this topic at all, but the two words were, one service. One service. And I'm thinking, What? I'm thinking, you know, uh, thinking through the message, and it had nothing to do with the message, but the two words were one service. And so um, I, 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 I held on to that for a couple days. I didn't talk to anyone about it. On Monday morning, I mentioned it to my wife. Um, and, and I just began thinking through that, and, and I felt like it was so clearly the Lord saying, it's time as a church to go to one service. So you, you perhaps, if you're on our emailing list, got received an email. Mentioning that we're going to one service starting next week. Next week there will not be a nine o'clock service or an eleven o'clock service. There will be a ten o'clock service. And after that service, we're going to the church picnic. And from there every Sunday from then on out, we are meeting at ten A. M. right here. It is this place is gonna be full. It's gonna be electric. The atmosphere is gonna be pregnant with the presence of God. I'm very excited. And it is all God. It was God's doing. I, I I didn't plan that at all. I didn't plan that. Sometimes he has to just shock me into things because I'm slow moving on things. You know what I mean? And he shocked me into things. But I I only tell you that story, first of all, to remind you. But second of all, to say that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. He spoke to me that day. And I I trust that he is speaking to you and that you're growing in your ability to hear him. Um, Because he's a lot closer to us than we realize. And he desires to be in a greater relationship, more closer intimate relationship than we give him credit for, and we see as we look through the gospels, the life of Jesus, he, everything he did was tied to an activity of the Holy Spirit. We see We see the Holy Spirit um, involved in his conception, he was conceived by The Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He cast out devils and healed by the Holy Spirit. And so we see the activity of the Holy Spirit um, involved in all of his life, even in his resurrection. And so if Jesus needed that level of intervention in his life to be who he was called to be, I think we do too. All right? So my heart again, blank page. Let, let's just go after what the Bible says about him and see, uh, see where this leads us. And, and there's this one particular verse that's been on my heart all week. It's just been gnawing at me because I could have read it a hundred times probably. And it never stood out to me as much as it has this week as I was preparing this message. And it's in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. If you do have the Bible app, we have a notes section in there that you could follow along. There's notes in there. There's an outline in there. All the scriptures, scripture references are in there. Um, but 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen, and we're going to look at it in two different versions. First, the NIV, which we use as the basis, uh, as our Bible references here at Faith Chapel. It says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And, and that caught my attention when you think about it, because you know we, we're somewhat familiar with the grace of Jesus Christ. We're, you know, he, he's—it's his grace. It's it's an undeserved gift to us. You know, we, we didn't deserve that gift. That's grace. It's an undeserved gift. It's his, uh, that undeserved gift to us that has brought us into the family of God. You know, it it, it was his sacrifice. And then it goes on to say the love of God. That's the Father. You'll see the Trinity right here in this one verse. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, the love of God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son. You know, I love you guys, but I would never send my Son. You know what I mean? And I'm thankful I don't have to. But his love is extravagant beyond the ability to describe. The Father's love is extravagant. It's an extravagant, amazing, deep, and powerful love for us. And it goes on to say so it talks about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And we use that word fellowship to mean connection, relationship, intimacy, um, you know, and. and when I saw that, I'm thinking, wow, it is God's desire, as Paul's writing to the Corinthians, he says, may they, may these things be with you all. It is God's desire, as Paul writes, that we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't say fellowship with the Father. And that, that intrigued me when I, when I saw that. And I want to show you in the message version that same verse which just brings it home even more. It says this, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Do you see that? The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So today, I've titled my message, A Friend of God. We sing the song, I Am a Friend of God. And and there's an invitation for us to grow in a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is my friend, and I want him to be your friend. I want, I want you to grow into the knowledge and understanding of who he is and what he's come to do in your life. I want your relationship, our relationships, to be growing with him as the awareness of the scriptures reveal that he desires to be in fellowship, in intimate friendship with us. And so, um, Jesus, we're going to look predominantly at uh, a few chapters. And Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14. And it's interesting because in John chapter 14, and just prior to that, he washed the disciples' feet. They, uh, they have the last supper together. This is literally Jesus' last evening on the face of the planet. And somewhere after the washing of the feet and somewhere after the last supper, he begins this dialogue, chapters 14, 15, and 16 of the book of John, about the Holy Spirit. And and he's telling his disciples, listen, I'm about to go. I'm going to leave you, but I am going to send another one like me. And he begins to introduce this Holy Spirit. And and it's unfortunate, but many times the Holy Spirit is... is, uh, reduced to a force, you know, some mystical mystical being when really the Bible and Jesus refers to him as a person. And it's very important for us to get to know the person. He is a he, the person of the Holy Spirit, because if we do not relate to him as a person, we will not be able to have a personal relationship with him. All right, and we want to grow in a personal relationship with Holy Spirit. So let's begin to look at these chapters, and John 14 is where we're going to start, but we'll move through, and there's, there's five key areas where Jesus begins to introduce the Holy Spirit to the disciples. Five key areas, and he